citizen astronomers working to defend planet Earth. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Frank Marches, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute and chief scientific officer at Unistellar. Welcome, Dr. Marches. Hi, Tanya. Nice to see you. So give us a quick summary of your professional background, especially as it relates to planetary defense. Uh, so I'm an astronomer. I'm a professional astronomer, meaning that I, um, I study the stars of the universe, but I'm very focused on one part of astronomy. I study the solar system and exoplanets, and I use telescopes. There is a lot of astronomers that never use telescopes. They, use, they do models in front of their computer, but I'm one of those that build instruments, build telescopes, test them, go on the top of the mountains and do, do all these crazy things to make sure that those telescopes work and then can do great science and great discoveries. We know that many governments scan and catalog both natural and human-made space objects, but what about the average citizen observer with their backyard telescopes? How do they contribute to planetary defense? So planetary defense is the study of asteroids and asteroids that could impact us. So what we want to do is to uh, see them, of course, find them before they come to our Earth. So, and the problem is that there is a limited number of professional telescopes available on this planet. So the ambition of our project is to expand the number of eyes that could see the stars and see those asteroids by using telescopes. So for this reason, we developed what we call the EV-scope, which is a telescope I have just behind me here, which is the Enhanced Vision Telescope. It's a telescope that allows you to do observation of asteroids, potentially hazardous asteroids, for NASA and for other institutions in the world. You mentioned NASA. How do the large space agencies like NASA and ESA engage with citizen astronomers? So NASA has a, has a program for citizen astronomy. Uh, they realize that, like uh, astronomers, that they need to have the support of, um, of citizens to, uh, to provide data, but also to analyze data. So some of the program of NASA are based on collecting observations. Others are about analyzing the observation or training data sets in the future. So I can, there is, if you are interested in analyzing data for NASA, you can look at uh, programs in Zoo Universe. There is like hundred of them now. Uh, you can find exoplanets, you can uh, find brown dwarf and maybe uh, planet 10, the potential exoplanets orbiting around the sun that we suspect could exist. Tell us the story of how last winter citizen astronomers helped track and add to our knowledge about an asteroid considered to be one of the more dangerous threats to Earth. Yes, yeah, so we, uh, we did this in December, November, December. We observed the 1999 AP10. Uh, we, we made a call, basically, and that's the power of this network. Uh, we send notification to all our 5,000 users and uh, almost 100 of them observed this asteroid while it was flying by Earth. So 1999 AP10 is not a pretty name, so but I'm going to have to use it to use this name. So far, it's a two-kilometer-sized body, a, rock, a rocky asteroid that was passing nearby Earth. And by analyzing those observations taken for almost uh, a month, we were able to estimate this exact orbit 
but also estimate the shape of this asteroid. We do that, but using what we call light curve inversion. So imagine that this is the asteroid. The asteroid is spinning, the light change, and based on the, on the variation of light and knowing the position of the asteroid with respect to us, we use mathematical algorithm to invert this and derive the shape of the asteroid. Tell us about the Unistellar community. So the Unistellar community starting in end of 2019. That was the, the beginning of the deliveries of those EV scopes. And now with uh, 5,000 people, we have a very broad diversity of people from everywhere in the world. I would say we have a lot of people in the US and Canada, in Europe. Uh, we are shipping now as well in Australia, New Zealand, um, in Hong Kong, in uh, several Asian countries, and now in South America and in India. So the, the network is growing slowly, and we hope to have soon some EVSCOPs in Africa. What's very interesting in this community is that we have a lot of people who never had a telescope before. Those are our first users. And when they got the telescope, of course, they did what uh, everybody do. They set it up in the backyard, and they start observing, and quickly could see galaxy nebulae, could quickly enjoy the wonder of the universe. This is fun. But some of them have this kind of ambition to become astronomer and to do, do something more meaningful. So we started sending them notification about objects interesting to observe. And interestingly, we, get, we, 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 are, we are now getting a lot of observations from those, this community. We have around 200 people observing regularly for scientific reasons uh, with the aviscope. One member of the Unistellar community spotted the recent Chinese rocket booster that returned uncontrollably to Earth. Tell us that story. Yeah, this, this was a very interesting saga in the history of space, I would say. Uh, you probably know the, uh, the Chinese are building their own space station now, and uh, they launched in end of April with a Long March 5B rocket the first module of this station, which is a gigantic module. So you have a gigantic rocket, right? So everything went fine. The rocket went, uh, launched the, the, the module, and, but the rocket stayed in orbit because it was very high in the, and stayed in orbit for a while. And this rocket is uncontrolled. You cannot move it. You cannot adjust the speed or nothing. And because of the dragging of the atmosphere of Earth, the rocket is slowly be slowing down and coming closer and closer to the to the atmosphere and we were expecting that this rocket will uh, burn into the atmosphere or at least and partially burn in the atmosphere and some fragment could hit the surface of our planet the likeliness is small because 70 percent of the of earth is made of the is made of ocean but it could happen and imagine if that fragment of a rocket fall onto uh, a small city in the middle of, uh, of Canada, that will have an impact, an international impact. So what we did, we calculated in collaboration with a, with a company, uh, the TLEs, the position of the, of, the of the rocket, which was changing almost every 24 hours at a time. And we send notification to our user telling them to, to, to participate to this and to try to observe it. And one of them got it with his eviscope. Uh, he woke up at 4 a.m., if I remember, and went close to the sea in Marseille and used his eviscope to see the, the 
the core stage of the 5B, Long March 5B rocket passing by above, uh, above Marseille. Just to finish the story, the rocket at the end landed on Earth. Um, this happened beginning of uh, May. And the luck here is that it landed in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So nobody uh, were affected by the landing. No fragment were detected. So that's the good news. Very good news. Dr. Frank Marches, Senior Astronomer at the SETI Institute and Chief Scientific Officer at Unistellar. If somebody wants to connect with you, Frank, maybe they want to join the community. How can they do that? Well, they can uh, join um, my Twitter account. I'm on all planets. I would just say that I have all planets because I study almost all the planets in the solar system and beyond. So that's the reason I use this, uh, this nickname on Twitter. But you can also follow me on YouTube or follow our SETI Institute website, SETI.org. You get notification about what's happening in space. And uh, we also have uh, SETI Live and Unistellar Live that I do regularly every week. We talk about science and science fiction. So if you want to join us, heard about aliens, search for life, Unistellar Network, and how you can help defending our planet against asteroids, join us. What a helpful group. Thanks again for joining us, Frank. Thank you very much, Talia. Of course. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on ZDNet, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.